Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Henry and Elizabeth Black here with Life on Side B. Today hello, we have... friends. Yes, hello, hello. Today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Nate Collins, president and co-founder of Revoice, an organization which we all know and love dearly. So, Nate, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Nate, yes. we're so excited to have you today. I mean, all of our guests are very special. So, you know, we, but Nate, I have never been on the podcast with you before. I don't Same. know when the last time you were on the podcast. I've never been. He's never podcast. been. This what? is his first are time. You yeah. Serious? <laughs> My inaugural interview. Yeah. How did Life Outside B go this long I know. without one of the queen bees <laughs> of Side B? Like, that doesn't even make any sense to me. Okay. <laughs> yes, the mother queen of Side B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when Josh said that, and I was like, yeah, Nate hasn't been on yet. And so, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, well, thank you for joining us. That's everything. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth, how are you? It's been a while since you and I chatted, too. I know, I know. I, I'm still savoring our last recording together, <laughs> Henry, when we like came to church and back went back to church again that was and good. like took an offering. I mean, it was it was oh, wow. amazing. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. really good. I'm I'm doing good. You know, I'm really excited about today's uh topic as yeah. always but i could use some joy in my life I, mm -hmm. you know it's the holiday season so mm -hmm. as we all know it it comes with some complications there's a lot of joy but there's also a lot of yeah. stress and i'm sure for a lot of our family and audience there also comes with some reminders of of feeling lonely, single, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then for me, I, you know, I, I literally just got a call from my mom that my dad is not doing well health wise. So I could use some joy right now. So mm -hmm. excited, excited to get ministered by you two today as we Come discuss joy, right? Let's go. Come on how now. about you, Henry? How are you? And then Nate, we want to, we want to ask how you are, but also hear a little bit more about your story, yes. because I feel like you and power so many of us to tell our story hmm. but probably a lot of people unless they read your book they don't know a lot about your story so we're, we're going to get into that but henry how are you yeah, feeling tell definitely. me tell me how you're doing Ray, how are you yeah i'm good i am in a season of like you know the holidays like you said full swing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so work's been up and down this year and nothing new there so stressful but that's life um but yeah spiritually i would say i'm in a place where i am a uh, like finding the almost just the joy and just like the stillness and the beauty of just being with God and just like like even joy in the mystery. I'm in a season. Well, well, I'll tell you obviously offline. <laughs> but like this, <laughs> this happens all the time, Nate. By the way, that like we'll start talking and I'll be like, oh yeah, cannot say that in episode. Sounds like that's a personal life. <laughs> But yes, we, we can't give you everything. Folks. Exactly. We can't give you. <laughs> so yeah, I am in a, a different season, possibly entering a new season and chapter in my personal life, which is exciting. Well, kind I of love like, that. Yeah, scary, but like trusting the Lord with the mystery of it. And hmm. um, yeah, and there's joy in that. Nice. So I've been finding joy in that. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna have a follow up call. Yes. Is what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yes. Call. Yes. Okay. We'll make we'll make it a three way call. Yes. And I'll Nate. Just, ha Go ahead. Sorry. And I was going to say, Nate, I'll just put it in the staff group chat. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, Nick, Henry, are you are pregnant? You? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to wait till my Christmas photos to reveal it, but okay. <laughs> you were going to do a whole like a dance number, shoot. like yes. a whole Beyonce thing, and then reveal. Yes, the belly. exactly. To reveal the belly, drop the mic, and reveal the mm-hmm. belly. Yes, and it's just turkey from Thanksgiving. Yes. But we, we, we love it. We love oh, it. Oh gosh! Yeah. All right, Nate. Finally, sorry, you're you're with us now, so you you're you're going to go on. A- <laughs> oh boy. So what's the question? Yes. How are you? How are you? And then maybe who are you? Tell yeah, us a little bit more you? about what brought you to even be on this episode today. Oh, yeah, wow. Because, you know, we do have listeners who don't go to Revoice, have not attended right? Revoice, don't yeah, even know yeah, anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. Tell us. Oh, uh, wow. So um, I'm, I would say I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm uh the like you said, the president founder of Revoice. Revoice is a started out as a conference ministry for uh, traditionalist LGBT Christians, and um, we started five years ago. And uh, gosh, I mean, I don't even know where to start in terms yeah. of like to how we got to that place. I like I said, I'm 43. Uh, I'm in a mixed orientation marriage, so I'm I'm gay. My wife is straight. Whoop, whoop, whoop. There we go. <laughs> Represent. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and I just over the years of being involved in you know different levels of you know of uh, terms of national conversation versus you know private and you know across different spectrums of you know, do- doctrinal positions and denominational affiliations and everything, been involved in these conversations for about twenty years now, and um, saw the need for uh, a space that was pre- specifically for uh, LGBT Christians who. Uh, adhere to a traditional sexual ethic and wanted to find discipleship and resourcing to help them thrive. And so um, networked with several people back in 2018, we had our first conference and yes. since then, since then, yeah, Henry, you're a, an OG. You've OG. been to every yeah. single one. Um, we've had an annual conference every year, uh, including 2020. We had a virtual conference um, and then we've expanded to about 25 uh, local chapters around the country. We have wow. a, a pastor's cohort where we do a one-year curriculum training pastors. Uh, we have several online community groups uh, targeting specific groups of people, such as people in mixed orientation marriage, uh, LGBT Christians who are in ministry. Uh, we have a group specifically for 18 to 25-year-olds. Um, so yeah, we've been doing a lot of new things and we actually, we have a, a big announcement by the time this gets released, the announcement will already have come out, but we have a big announcement coming up this coming Friday is December 1st. Um, yeah. so there's a lot of really fun. You're things. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Revoice is having a baby, y'all. Yes. Oh my gosh. Is growing. We'll put it that way. All right. <laughs> Well, we anticipate. That is so exciting. And it's amazing. I mean, even over my first revoice was online. The 2021, right? It was 2020 when you guys changed my whole entire world. Thank you very much. And <laughs> and I can't believe how much it's grown even since then. Like what God is doing. Talk about joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what an exciting people- thing. That probably remains my favorite revoice. I tell people that for some reason, even though I was like sick and obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, but like that has to be my top two favorite revoices. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it was a year. 
you know, we we had a mix of pre-recorded videos from speakers who uh, who sent them in, but then we had a group of maybe about ten to twelve people who traveled to St. Louis and recorded the thing in an Airbnb that we. Mm. we studio yeah and it, was, it was like the real world revoice edition like <laughs> like yeah people like meg poor meg had to sit in her room the entire time because she got oh. covid and so she, oh my gosh we were like leaving plates of food outside her door <laughs> her and paul <laughs> that's gosh. dedication you yeah. guys so. Well, Nate, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story and journey, how you got here. And yeah, yeah we're just we're excited to chat today because our topic is reclaiming joy. Yes. And I think what a great one to kind of close up the season with, because this is one of our last episodes of the season. So like really, Henry, right? Like yeah. reclaiming joy after all we've covered. This year, I think yeah. this is a great topic. Yeah, That is a powerful one to end on. And Especially even just with what we were talking about, uh, when Nate said he'd been having these private conversations for years and years and kind of Revoice mm. came out of that. And the joy that Revoice has added to so many of our walks in our lives. And it's just like, oh, because we all of a sudden have this place to go where the things yes. that we've lost either in our home churches or communities or families, there was a mm. place and a space for us to belong. And the joy was there. It was a song that is it 52 or something that says restoring to me the joy of your salvation? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And so I was just thinking through that this morning as we get ready to have this conversation. And yeah, so Nate, yeah, thank you so, so much for the space you created and have fostered mm. over the last five and a half years that allow people to come and see and come and belong and come and find joy. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Well, I, I have a question if I may just mm-hmm. throw it out there. So, and I think we've already alluded to it a bit. And Nate, you can start us off. But where do you feel like we have been robbed of joy? Um, You know, I'm sure many of our listeners who identify as LGBTQ or identify as side B, we could all answer this in our own way. Um, But maybe even for some of our listeners who are not in the community, maybe they're not aware of what this looks like. Why do we even need to reclaim it? Yeah, to begin yeah. with. I mean, I think there's a joy in belonging mm-hmm. uh, that that we, I believe, as as traditionalist gay Christians, LGBT Christians, uh, have been robbed in. Um, just to be in a space, revoice your home church, your community group, you, you name it. Like to be in mm-hmm. a space where you feel like you belong in all of your humanity. Everything that you bring um, as a as an individual as a person, um, I feel like there's a sense of belonging and the joy and belonging that we've been robbed of. Um, I, I mean, I just there's just that, that comfort, that sense of warmth, that sense mm-hmm. of I don't need to explain myself. I'm just I'm just welcome. I belong mm-hmm. here. Um, I feel like that uh, is something that has we, we, we've been robbed of as. LGBT Christians who mm. who are trying to follow Jesus in this way, um, and that's sad. That's really that's really sad. That's hard, um, and that's a truth that needs to be told. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, and I think it's a it's a thing that the broader church needs to lament over. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that you know we're seeing that happen slowly, but realize that it's been robbed from us from many different people, but part of the people who've robbed it is the church itself. Like Mm -hmm. the church has robbed us of community 
And hopefully this is a sobering reality that people are kind of coming to terms with now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a narrative in our church that uh, there is no narrative of belonging for LGBT Christians right now. We're building Mm. it's emerging, but we don't, we don't have one that's been handed to us by our spiritual forebearers. We're having to create it for ourselves. Pockets of the church are seeing that and are seeing the, 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 the beauty that not just is for LGBT Christians, but the beauty that benefits the entire church. Mm. Uh, pockets of, of, of the church are seeing that and celebrating it and it's becoming part of the narrative in those pockets. Yeah. Uh, the hope is that, you know, that, 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 that part of the kingdom spreads and we believe it will because gospel is a gospel of hope. And so yes. we, we know that, that, that these things will eventually uh, spread. Amen. Yes, mm. um, that's encouraging to hear. And it made me think of, as Nate was talking, um, I'm also the person, Nate, in this group who somehow like has the most random scripture references in my mind all the time. <laughs> so Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will credit my last church when they made us, I mean, like, memorize like scripture aggressively, which I'm like, this is legalistic borderline, but it stuck. So I'm like, it worked. But, um, yeah, it was the... When the, uh, I will restore to you everything that locusts have stolen, the years that locusts have stolen. So mm. We are fighting for joy and reclaiming joy. It's like that's God's promise being fulfilled as we cover our own space in the church. And we're like, no, the joy belongs to us too. So as yep. you were talking, yes. about, what do you think of that? So. Mm. Yeah. so Henry, what about for you? Where do you feel like we've been robbed of joy? You know, Nate's yeah. touched on belonging, community. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Yeah, I would say uh, we've probably been robbed of joy just even within our own family structures. Um, yeah. Both families of origin, if you will. And because that's a lot of the stories that I hear at Revoice, just inside B spaces, is how many people come with just hurts and wounds um, mm. that there's been, instead of life, there's been death spoken into them or just dark situations over them or dark clouds rather than just the light that the Lord uh, calls us to live in. There's been people have been shoved in a darkness. And mm-hmm. so to meet people and encounter people um, who are for the first time being in a space where joy can be found or they're being told that, Hey, joy is available for you and to you. Cause sometimes like I, I mean, I'll see some of these conversations a couple years ago that it was like, it was getting to me, but how many stories were just like, and, people's families and just things that were going on. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you can leave those situations. Like you don't have to have relationships with these people. Like I was like shouting it internally. I'd be like 19, uh, like 19, (laughs) 2021. Um, that was like something that was really weighing on me was just how much joy people lacked in their families of origin. Oftentimes, uh, queer people who are coming from faith backgrounds. And so I think because there is supposed to be joy in family. Um, and if we are one family, the kingdom of God, and there's joy in it for us, there's joy also in it for our individual family units. And it pains me to see how much brokenness and how much lack of joy has been found for so many people in our family's origin. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think similarly, uh, in a different way, but similarly, mm-hmm. just thinking of relationships, like where have we been robbed? Mm-hmm. The joy in our relationship is 
in friendship as well Mm -hmm. because we've been policed and made to feel ashamed about what our friendships look like, how close we can get to people. And I think for many folks, it's looked like running away Mm. from friendships or having shallow relationships because Lord forbid you experience too much joy, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And I I remember actually there is when I was in college and you all know, the listeners should know by this point, I haven't, I just came out not that long ago. Um, I'm going to have to step out, you guys, to be continued on my story. Okay? I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. She'll be right back. Okay. We will. That was a dramatic pause, but no, Elizabeth is dealing with a family situation like she mentioned at the top of this episode. So, yeah. Um, So, I will take the reins here. Josh is going to have to splice that out, probably. Um, How do you feel, Nate, that uh, there are ways that as we go forward as believers and in our own lives, what do you think some of our our own, how do we get in the way, how do we get in our own way sometimes? The thing sometimes we can be the blocks to our own joy. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so I think for me, um, getting in the way of my own joy tends to look like giving too much attention to mm-hmm. things that Rob my rob you of my joy or that have robbed me of my joy. Um, mm. I think of that because for me, uh, when, when I'm not in a particularly joyous season of life, it takes energy to cultivate joy. Yeah. Um, and energy is hard to come by sometimes. Yeah. And, um, when I'm, when I'm thinking and dwelling on things that, take my joy away that costs me yeah like if you think of attention paying attention to something even the just word paying mm-hmm. you're it's attention costs yeah <laughs> and so you know there's a sense in which you want to be you don't want to be in denial you don't want to ignore reality you don't want to mm-hmm. to because depends on what you're not put your your uh depends on what we're talking about when we say we're paying attention. If it's somebody like a family member, like sometimes you do need to, to draw boundaries and everything, but you can't completely cut most family members out of your life uh, yeah. or things like that. But when you, when it comes to sources of, of the opposite of joy, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, if I pay too much attention to those things, then that can rob me of my energy, the, of energy that I need to cultivate joy, to do the work of cultivating joy in my life. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's during seasons when joy is not necessarily something that is oozing from the seams, so mm. to speak, something that I need to cultivate. I need to work. Mm. Um, so that, that for me, paying attention to, to those sources of sadness, those sources of, of, um, of maybe injustice that I perceive have happened to me or things like that. You know, again, you don't want to be in denial. You don't want to act like those things aren't real and that they don't have real uh, effects. But there's mm-hmm. a, there's ways you can pay too much attention to it. Yeah, and it, and it it robs you of of energy that you need or that I need to do that work of cultivating joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like I repeated myself a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's really good. I I was thinking about something that 
growing up, I used to hear a lot. Henry, I don't know if you heard this, but I I feel like it's a very black American thing of uh-huh. don't don't let people rob you of your joy. Don't yes. let them rob you. Mm-hmm. Don't let them rob you of your joy. And I was just telling my husband this the other day because he's in a really bad work situation. He hates his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it's like got him in this season of depression and I was, and then he thinks back about all of our ministry experiences and he's like, what a waste. It was so terrible. And and I was like, don't let them rob you. Mm -hmm. They've already taken too much away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let them them have that. Don't give them that. Yes. Uh Don't give them anymore. (laughs) And, and you're right, Nate, there is that balance of, I have to face my feelings. I'm not diminishing what's going on or how I'm processing things. But when we dwell too deeply of it on it, when we give it too much credence in our lives, then it stops us from really experiencing joy. It robs us of the joy of tomorrow and today. Let them have let them have the past. You know, let let that pain have the past. Maybe. But yeah. don't let it ha- don't let it rob my joy today. Yes. I have a friend, he's a pastor. He said, "You can have this, you can have this, but you can't have my Jesus and you can't have yes. my joy." Yeah. Yes. It's so so true. But it's tempting. It is very tempting. Yeah. Well, and it's 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 tempting because um well, I don't know why is it tempting. <laughs> it's a good question. I think because sometimes it's easier to like focus on negative just experiences and emotions and to dwell in that place. And I think the enemy wants us to often just sit in the pits of despair mm-hmm. and not believe that there is joy. Cause I think sometimes yeah. whenever just like you experience so much pain and heartache, you can almost start believing that you're not going to find joy again. And joy is not meant for you. And I think that's the enemy. Coming shame, to this- right. Mm-hmm, shame. Yeah, exactly. It's like shame. Mm-hmm. 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 And, so, so like we have to joy is also something that we have to fight for even whenever we feel like Amen. we don't have it or don't have access to it. Um, it's something that we have to fight for by reading our minds and focusing on God's truth. It doesn't it doesn't mean like what Nate said. You can't ignore like your emotions, things you're going through. But it's like how do we orient? I mean, probably use that phrase here, <laughs> but okay, how do we orient your orientation? But how do we orient your mind uh, in terms of how how you're thinking about joy and fighting for joy? So I think sometimes people mm-hmm. forget that joy is a battle that we have to fight for um, and cling to whenever life and the enemy and circumstances don't want us to have joy and experience joy. Yeah, I think for me, I it's tempting. Because uh, I feel injustice, mm-hmm. the injustice of, of seeing my human dignity disregarded and the, the human dignity of my LGBT siblings. Um, and so I, I can forget that it, it's not up to me to mm-hmm. uphold my dignity. My, my Savior does that. Yeah. My King Jesus does that. And he is the one who, who ultimately will will vindicate our mm-hmm. um, but I, I, it's tempting to to just to not see that and to think it's up to me to to, yeah. to speak up and to speak up for my my own human, human dignity and uh, that's not true <laughs> it's not up mm-hmm. to me. it's up to me to, to when I feel called to in specific circumstances but in terms of you know the the overall picture um, 
that's not true. You know, my, my father, my heavenly father is one who, who takes up our cause and who, who um, fights for his children. So yeah, my thoughts. Yeah. And I think fighting for joy and not feeling like you have to defend yourself all the time. That's also like, it's an act of obedience um, to mm-hmm. God and an act of surrender, like fighting for joy is an act of, okay, God, I'm going to surrender these to you. Then just as I think what I feel that have been done to me, I'm going to choose joy instead and as yep. obedience to what the Lord has told us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think some of it, like just kind of piggybacking off that question of why, like, why do we pick suffering over joy? Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think honestly, some of it is bad theology. I think mm. it's what we've been made to believe is the way the Christian life should be. Uh, which on one hand, I agree, suffering is a part of the Christian life. Like some something's a little off if you're not experiencing some amount of suffering. However, that is not the fullness of what the Christian life is supposed to be mm-hmm. like. Yet, I think we've kind of been, you know, fed this narrative that we're supposed to like suffer for Jesus just constantly. And mm-hmm. that should never be a joyous experience. Mm-hmm. And I think again, for the queer Christian, it's like everything about your queerness needs to be an experience of suffering. Therefore, you know, yes. like if that is our the- theological framework, then obviously nothing about my queerness is anything that I should experience joy yes. around. Right. This is just another element that I'm supposed to, you know, yes. wallow in my own self-pity and, and sorrow. Isn't it like, I, I know, I know I've had this conversation with side B person who's both now blanking on the name, but it's like going back to how the church has robbed us joy. It's like when they see us happy or thriving, it's almost like, they want like whenever some of my friends ask me, "Hey Henry, how are you doing? How's your walk? Or how's this?" And I mention good, it's almost like they're disappointed because like, how dare you have yes. joy in your celibacy and singleness? It's like we need yeah. to be suffering, so it's like worth it. I'm like, no, the Lord has more for me than suffering. Like, uh, uh-uh, don't put that on me. But yeah. it's like a crazy thing. It's almost like it's like trauma porn. Like I find some people mm. like in our stories, they want us to be suffering or if not then what we're doing isn't really worth it or it's not we're not actually sacrificing if we're actually finding joy mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. drives me crazy um yeah i'm like no you worry about what you're suffering and going through leave me alone okay i have joy over here <laughs> so. well and i think both of you hit the nail on the head that it takes work like yeah. You know, some some of it is going to just come naturally, like Mm -hmm. the joy that we experience in our in our queer identity. But a lot of it is also going to take some work. And I think it's how to how do we commit ourselves to that work and not, again, like just run away when when the alternative is temptation or the alternative is the complication of what Mm -hmm. this might look like in front of my family or my friends or my Christian community. So I, one of the things I was thinking about was um, what has been robbed for me is like my attraction. And maybe that sounds weird. You, you all tell me if that makes any sense, but I feel like I, the joy of my own attraction has been robbed from me mm. because anytime I experience some kind of traction, attraction that seems out of the ordinary, you know, that seemed wrong yeah i had to immediately take that into suffering like oh no that's a wrong thing that's terrible like you know and i couldn't 
actually see it as a joyous thing. And I still suffer with it, you guys. Mm -hmm. So tell me like how I can work on it. But even today, this morning, right before I logged on, I was like thinking about, I don't know, some artists. And I was like, wow, they are so beautiful, like Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And then I was thinking about maybe my husband or like just the idea of men. And I was like, men are so beautiful, so strong, so amazing. <laughs> and I, and I had a moment of joy. Like I love that I could do that twice and, <laughs> and within like a couple of seconds. I love that. And yeah. I didn't, there was nothing sinful about it. I yeah. literally just experienced the joy of my natural form of attraction, mm-hmm. whatever the heck, heck that looks like, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that. It made me think of uh, Wesley's book. I believe it was either Spiritual Friendship or Washington Waiting, excuse me, Docs for Wesley Hill. Um, <laughs> okay, let me not get too familiar because we're friends, but him. let me put some give respect on his name. Okay, so put some respect on his well, name. Well, we, we have but, Dr. Nate Collins with us yes, as well. Exactly. So. Choice, so. Reverend Doctor, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling so. you, Henry, if and when I get there, if the Lord tarries, you better call me Reverend uh, Doctor, Bishop do Sister <laughs> Elizabeth okay. Delgado Black. Yes, <laughs> Not just playing. So. But anyway, what, Doctor but, Doctor Hill, you were saying? Yes. Yeah, so in his book, I believe it, it was spiritual friendship when we were talking about maybe washing waiting. I don't know. I'm, we, one of his first two books, but. Um, we were talking about when you said uh, the attraction and just like feeling like you've been robbed of joy, even in your natural attractions or whatever. It's like, I remembered mm-hmm. some part of his book. He said, if we've been leading our attractions, we could see, Hey, my attraction makes me a better friend to yes. people because I can do this or that, but we've been robbed of even trying to find any joy or any good in our attractions. Mm. Like bad, bad, mm. bad, bad. Put that to death. Put that to death. It's like, Hey, like, Okay, if I see beauty and beauty elicits a response out of me that's God honoring, that's a good thing. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, as I, I, I do as a as a reformed Christian, I know that word can trigger some people, but mm-hmm. um, for me, it's been really helpful to think of of my orientation is not reducible to sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Mm, amen. That that the church, I think that's a narrative that the church has handed to us as part of our tradition that that is uniquely shamed us into thinking that 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 who we are as as sexual minorities can be reduced to the sum total of our sexual desires mm-hmm. and i think it's important to name that because the bible does condemn those desires and says you know those desires are not the path of flourishing but there are all kinds of other experiences that are wrapped up with my orientation that that mm. it was sex nothing to yeah. do with 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 that and so um, I, everything that you guys have named, I think, is something that um, that we can that we can reclaim joy in. We Amen. Can joy in our capacity to deeply give ourselves to friendship, yeah, to deeply give ourselves to service, mm-hmm. to deeply give ourselves to uh, to celebrating the beauty in other. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Come on now. So yeah. that's something I, and, and there's a joy in that, uh, that mm. I, I'm still learning to, to reclaim Yeah, um, years and years of, of believing shameful, shameful lies. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, even we've been robbed of like the idea of like fun, like the joy in it. Like I just, as you were talking, it made me think of just like, oh, after revoice, like 
we just go out dancing. It's just like a bunch of like mm-hmm. queer, Christ- queer Christians just like having fun dancing and like the world doesn't want us to do this and the church doesn't, but it's like we are finding joy within the space and community we have. Yeah, and it was yeah. such a beautiful, that night was such a beautiful representation of like, oh my gosh, like God wants us to be happy. God wants yes. us to be content. Yeah. Can so, you believe it? Can I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> like I have a God that wants me to be happy? Like yes. that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure, whatever. I'm going to tell a story I was going to tell yes, earlier I was before I got cut ask. off. Yeah. But, um, but it, it relates. Like, I remember when I was in college, and this was years before I came out, I had met these two girls who were really good friends. I don't remember where I met them, but we ended up going to a theme park together with a bunch of other friends. And I just really fell in love with these girls. Like, they were amazing. Uh, in a platonic way, but, you know, really like deeply love these girls. And there was one that I, in retrospect, absolutely was attracted to. And I remember we like lost touch. And then a few weeks later, she called me and she was like, hey, I really want to meet up with you. I th- And this is the sad part. Like, I really hold this to, in my heart. They weren't Christians. Mm. And this girl was like, I really want to meet up with you. I've been thinking about what you shared with me when we went to the amusement park about God and about Jesus. And I think that like, I want to believe in this and I want to know more about this. And my roommate doesn't really want me to, but I want to meet with you. Mm. And I remember in this conversation feeling this deep sense of shame. Like the Mm. joy was sucked out of that conversation because I was like, I can't meet with this girl because Mm. I like this girl. Mm. And I, I don't, it makes me feel too uncomfortable to be around her so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's talk soon. And I never talked to her again. Aww. And do I hold that again? Like, you know, wherever she is, the Lord is with her. And I pray that, you know, I, I don't have this deep sense of like obligation to her like spiritual state sure. or anything like that. But I was robbed, you know, yeah, like you I was robbed of that friendship, of that opportunity to do what I love, which is another thing that comes natural to me is just talking about Jesus to people yeah. who don't know him. Yeah. And it was all because I felt like I couldn't I couldn't tolerate any sense of joy yeah. in that relationship. And that that is pitiful. Yeah. Y'all. Like we but, shouldn't have that, right? It's like or even like They'd be like, let's say you talk to a friend and then if you would have been given the chance to have a friendship with that person and then see, then, okay, it's like, I haven't talked to you. So what? Let's figure it out. And like, not be exactly and see the friendship. There's a friend of mine, uh, Sam, and I'm, I've said this before, so I'm particularly drawn to redheads. Um, (laughs) But so, yes. And so Sam is a very redheaded, good looking man, like good looking. And so him and I became friends. And then I was like, oh crap. I was like. Mm-hmm. I like you. Like, I'm attracted to you. And then so I was like, I was like, everybody's like, oh, well, you shouldn't spend any one-on-one time with Sam. You need to uh, kind of just, like, flee from all the morality, blah, blah. I was like, being attracted to him and liking him is not like, it was like this danger, 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 danger kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, how about I'm just going to go talk to Sam, like, a human being? Like, we went to lunch exactly. and I was like, hey, Sam, uh, you're my particular type of flavor of men normally. Uh, but obviously I want to honor you and our friendship and he's like, all right, thanks for letting me know. He's like, how can I help you through that? And yeah. he's like, I appreciate it. But he's like, is there anything I'm going to do to help? I was like, nope, just needed you to be aware. 
And him and I were texting yesterday, and we're going to have lunch next week. And this was eight years ago when this happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2015. And so, like, we're still good friends. And so, yeah. but Love I was like, that. yeah, they were not about to rob me of my joy. And, yeah. I mean, he's pretty lookout still to this day. So, <laughs> Amen. Amen and hallelujah. Yes. And, I, and Nate, I love that you had said that, you know, so much, and I think it's not just the church. I'll give the church a, a pass on this one. Yeah. It's also society yeah. that has led us to believe that everything about ourselves as sexual minorities or gender minorities is about sex. It's That's about what we do with our genitals. And I think it is, it's truly, you know, demeaning of our experience and really lessens what it looks like because there's so much complexity to it and everything has kind of a dark side if you will so my son is suffering from anxiety and he just got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder so we've been doing some workshops on like what does it look like to parent a child with anxiety and the first thing that they say and i have anxiety myself so you know i kind of knew this but the first thing that they say is anxiety is actually a good thing there's good in anxiety. There's something that you can be thankful for because anxiety is what keeps you from walking into the middle of a street. Yes. Anxiety is what helps you study for an exam. Like yep. there, there are good things about it. It's not just all the unhealth that, you know, it, it's when we hit those peaks yeah. where we become unhealthy and, you know, people who have, who are addicted to something like they're sure when they're, fully in their addiction there's unhealth mm-hmm. but there's also something beautiful about their dedication their you know their longing the the idea the feeling this the experience of longing for something like i that's a picture of god you know yeah. so i, I, I think that. we we don't have to just boil everything down to what we want to do sexually yeah well i mean even just a yeah, to elaborate on that, sex is a good thing. Like it's a good, it's a good thing yeah. that God created. Um, it has meaning uh, that there's, you know, that scripture points to. But mm-hmm. I, I absolutely think you're right that that's not something that's unique to the church. The obsession with sex, the church is is believing that lie that mm-hmm. we're by our by our culture, and that's that that sexual pleasure is the highest good. Um, you you cannot be fulfilled in life unless you are experiencing sexual fulfillment. Um, that's that's a lie from from our culture. That's not a value find in scripture. Um, yeah, hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of uh, on the downside, not downside, but on the tail end of this conversation, um, if I know, I was just looking at the it's, time. I was like, we have what? Are you serious? We have yeah, we have like twenty more minutes. But um, I thought but, we just started. I know. I was like, I was looked down. I was like, oh, we've been recording for forty minutes already. And I was like, that's how conversations with Elizabeth and I go. We'll be like, oh, we need to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Nate, what do you think? Like the next generation of you know, obviously mm. you're pouring you're pouring so much into the next generation. But what do you think the next generation of church leaders? And even just lay people going through ministry, how do we help and course correct the mm. lack of joy that's been handed down? And how do we fight against that? Because even I think some of what you were saying with the pastoral, pastoral cohorts or training that y'all have been doing, I think that could be a part of that. Well, yeah. Well, honestly, the thing that comes to mind most is just cultivating a, I mean, it sounds treat and, trite and cliche, but um, cultivating that deep, 
personal connection with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that is so, so necessary. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's what we're talking about is the, the, the work of discipleship. Um, there's a, a sense in which if you, if you think of, well, just the church in general has really struggled with discipleship, I think. Um, yes. think about uh, communities that have less impact, less access to discipleship than the mm-hmm. average Christian. And I would, I would imagine that the LGBT Christians are in that group. Um, and so I think that for the next generation, um, I think finding places where you can grow in your walk with Jesus, grow in your love for him, your sense of love for him and your, your capacity to experience love from him. Um, I think that, that that's a, you know, you love is, is a muscle, you know, it, yeah. it, it, you have to work it out. And so it takes work, I think, to grow in our ability to receive love, uh, whether it's from other people, but also love from, from our father. I mean, I, just in my own life, in my late teens, early twenties, um, for me, I just spent, you know, it took me, it took me just hours, honestly, hours yeah. and hours spent in prayer, yeah, been meditating on, on God's word and, and, and mm-hmm. fighting to believe that, that promises were real for me. Amen. Um, and that's, that's work you can't do for somebody. They have to do themselves and, and calling people into that work, calling young people into that work and inviting them mm. And pleading with them really to, to engage in that work um, and then living it out as an example for them, I think I is something that. that we, that's, that's our calling as, as, um, as, as, as believers, um, all, all Christians are called to make disciples. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I love so, what you said about capacity to receive love from God. Yeah. Um, I think that was, I mean, that was so profound. It stuck out to me because, Whenever you've grown up in a culture of shame or anything, um, when you grow up in a culture of shame and being told that you're not worthy or good, then you also start questioning, like, does God, like, love me? Can I receive the unending love from God um, because of this? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, growing that capacity, that muscle, like you said, love is muscle. So growing that, that's really important. I, receive mm-hmm. I think one of the primary ways that happens, I mean, it, it, it can happen supernaturally just in your own sense of solitude with you and, and Jesus. But I think practically for most people and for me, what what was really the 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 um, sort of the the impetus for, for growth in that was just realizing that when other people love me, when Jesus, mm-hmm. when God's people love Come me, on. they are literal signs of God's love for me. When I am with my spiritual yes. family, all of me, and they know all of me, and I just sent, and I am able to sense this deep love and belonging. That is, that's God's love and belonging for me, His 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 child, and to to really that. make that connection, and 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 not just not just see it for the concrete physical reality that it is, but to see it for the sign of a deeper, deeper spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. That was a word, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, okay. that's the life changing part. Yeah. 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 I keep thinking about um in Nehemiah after after the walls were rebuilt and they all gathered together after being exiled to read the laws together. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, they're reading and they say, like, this is a time of celebration. 
let's eat, let's drink, let's party for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. Like the joy oh, of the yes. Lord is our strength in this moment. And it's like, so there, there's a lot of pieces coming together. Um, just thinking what you said, Nate, like there's community coming together. There's people gathering together <laughs> to experience each other's joy, but really the crux of it is the Lord's joy. Like we're coming together because we're experiencing the joy of the Lord being our strength. It's the reading of the law. It's getting to know God and what his intentions are for his people and for us Mm. that become our strength. Like, and I'm just thinking like, how can the joy of the Lord be my strength today? Mm. You know, like as a as an LGBTQ Christian, as somebody who's seeking God and His law and His goodness, yeah, I love that. If for me, if I am Elizabeth, with that, she might be gone. Um, other she has to forget. She's on my way. Um, about how to fight for joy and the joy of the Lord being our strength. I think uh, we can sometimes forget that there is strength and trust in God and leaning into his promises. Because I think whenever you're, when you don't have joy, you can doubt God's goodness and God's promises. So Elizabeth, I was just saying, I love the reminder that you said um, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, cause I mean, there's strength in that. I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. What? Um, I don't know if I have any other final thoughts. Oh, Nate. Yeah. Uh, quick one <laughs> question. Yes. Um, what do you see um, as Revoice continues to be in this space? Mm. And because uh, something I, a past friend of mine talked about maybe after the first Revoice was uh, hopefully that like Revoice and other ministries like it can pop up and create this culture and atmosphere within our churches so that nobody has to go to St. Louis once a year to experience joy, but they can experience <laughs> it in their home churches or communities. And yeah. where do you think we are on the journey to that, both with just Revoice of self and then just also as a side B culture? Huh. Because for me, like with the connections like over that I've made over the past five, six years with side B and Revoice community. Um, yeah, now I don't just have joy once a year when I go to St. Louis or when I go to wherever, Columbus. Yeah. Um, it's like because of these relationships I have with you, with Elizabeth, with just the friends and the family that we made in this community that I experienced joy more than once or twice a year. And because the reality is there are still some people who are still so isolated, who are still yeah. suffering that yeah. only experience joy at Revoice or when they're at a side B retreat or something. So where do you think Revoice is in shaping that beyond that? Well, I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely the heart behind um, our, our, uh, our chapter initiative, local mm-hmm. chapters. Um, the, the reality is discipleship needs to happen year round and not just once a year at a conference. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's fine and, and beautiful when um, we show up once a year or whatever, wherever the conference is. And, and it's just it, every year it ends up being a miracle whenever the spirit shows up anyway. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you've been to a, a conference, you, you, you've seen this, the, the beauty and the, and the joy. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Right. Like, the first things I tell people that, that, that stands out to me is, you know, every year at the conference, you see all these people who for many, their daily lives, yes. joy. Yeah. And they're able to be in this space where they're known, they're understood without explaining themselves. Yeah. Um, they're with 
allies who are safe for the most part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's enough straight people that come to, the, to Revoice that that you know they're 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 welcome guests uh, in a space that's not designed for them in a sense, mm -hmm. um, but they're welcome because um, they've done the work and they're safe. But anyway, there's the first thing you notice is there's just so much joy, and it seems yeah. like a miracle. That that can happen if we knew the daily realities of so many of the stories of people who who, who come. Yeah. And so you know the again that's worth celebrating and that's that's beautiful. But mm. is that we, those individuals deserve spaces like that mm. in their local communities. Um, and so uh, that was the heart behind launching local chapters and um, and we when we launched those chapters we we ideally have each chapter connected to a local church because, mm. you know, our, our vision is not that revoice is replacing the church. Yeah. It doesn't we yeah. have parent churches. Yeah. That's right. The church mm -hmm. is God's it's kingdom. Good. The church is what God is using to transform the world. Mm. And so we just want to be um, a space or a community that can impact local churches. And so we always mm -hmm. try to partner with local churches um, when we, when we launch these communities, because our desire is not to, to have a little silo of, you know, side B LGBT Christians, but to, mm -hmm. to enhance what God is already doing in his church yeah. and in some ways transform it because parts of the church just are sick and unhealthy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that, that what we're doing is, is just a beautiful thing that can enhance and, and transform those parts. Um, but I, I mean, I, I more and more see it as a, um, just a, such a hopeful calling. Because at the end of the day, we're God. We know, we know that God is building His kingdom, and mm -hmm. we something that's just part of what we believe. If we don't believe that, then we're not Christians. Yes. Yeah. So we know that if God is building His kingdom, and if we're seeing fruits of that in our lives as a result of gathering together with mm -hmm. other people like us, and if we take that back to where we, you know, where we're where we're living and where our local communities are, and we're looking to live that out. Uh, in ways that that um, that are in our local communities, then that's a hopeful thing. That's a, that's a sign of God's work to advance His kingdom. Mm -hmm. so the more the more that I see people who come to our conference leaving empowered mm -hmm. to live out that that life, whatever that life is that they that they experience at the conference, whatever that is, so when I see them living it out in their local communities. That's 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 just for me. That's sign. That's that's fruit. That's that's nothing more than gospel fruit that is worth celebrating. And I've yeah. seen it. It's just I've seen it over and over again. Um, and so, so I hope. Yeah, when I see the joy coming from that, um, I uh, yeah, because I mean I've seen people come to Revoice like year one or year two, and then like see the same person three or four years later, and they have this network of people. I mean, hell, Art. Uh, whenever he first came. <laughs> And um, and now just the fact that he's on staff for the organization, but he's mm -hmm. helping fast track the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like I mean, uh, yeah, art is a prime example of like what happens when you show someone joy from the Lord, and when you give them the opportunity to experience joy from the Lord, what the Lord can do in their lives. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, shout out to yeah. art. Okay, I got a text from a guy on Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. I have a picture, mm -hmm. a selfie of him, and a group of team people around his table. Um. And wow. it's basically people he had connected with after having experienced Revoice 23. And I love that. Falling wow. to go and recreate that sense of belonging, that space. Yes. Of I, just got chills. I love that. So it's, it's mm -hmm. all about 
that exponential growth of the kingdom that we get yeah. to be a part of when yes. we when we take the hope that we've been given by yeah. the spirit supernaturally mm-hmm. by coming together and we take yeah. that and we spread it it's just that's 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 kingdom growth right there yeah mm-hmm. i like how you said um if we believe that god is building his kingdom if we really believe it and then if we believe that we are a part of that kingdom, like we have to, we have to, because if we believe that God is building his kingdom on earth and that the gospel is good news for all mm-hmm. people, then it is undeniably good news for us. Yes. So then when we read these verses about joy, when we read, you know, Paul's instruction to the church and Philippi to be filled with joy. That's for us. Like Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be filled with joy. That is an instruction that is given to me. And I will tell you, Nate, nothing has filled my heart and given me so much joy as worship at Revoice. Mm. Like I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm crying a little (laughs) bit (laughs) because I won't be able to experience that joy this coming year because I can't make it. No, I, I know, Henry. What? That's this is how I'm finding out. <laughs> I am sorry, Henry. I no. know we'll have to, we got to dance and worship together another time. Yes. But anyway, like that, those worship moments are like, that is the culmination of joy mm-hmm. in, in what has been robbed. That is a culmination mm-hmm. of belonging, of community, of warmth, of friendship. Yeah of I love it like not having to explain myself to anyone not having to prove that I am worth being there to just experience God and experience the joy of the Lord in worship like it's 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 like none other it's a holy experience yeah I love that um I will leave us with this last question for each of us to answer since the episode is reclaiming joy what is one thing you are doing or experiencing in your life that is helping you reclaim joy? Mm. I'll go first since I asked the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, truly, and I said at the top of this episode, but leaning into the beauty and the mystery um, that God has laid out before me, especially like I think a lot of side B people or just even anybody, hell, you don't have to be a queer to identify this, but a lot of people have parts from the church. And so adding new people into your life can come with a lot of fear and like hesitation. Mm -hmm. And then, but Mm -hmm. there's a joy, like I'm adding someone into my life currently right now. And it's like, I can't remember the last time I felt like joy, just trusting a complete like stranger and adding them in my life and just trusting like, I'm not over guess, not second guessing every single situation or interaction or, Oh my God, what if this is going to go this way? It's like, Hey, I trust that the Lord like brought this thing and like, if it's from God, I'll know. And if it's not from God, I'll know as well. And so just like lean into that joy. And so I think fighting against the lies of like, and fighting against my trust issues is a way I'm reclaiming joy. Mm. So yes, fighting against my, that was a long way to say that. Fighting against trust issues is how I'm reclaiming my joy in this season. So. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nate, why don't you go? Sure. Love to um, hear yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind for me right now, uh, it might take a little context. <laughs> Um, so I, I have a PhD in New Testament. Um, That's sp- Dr. Nate Collins right. to all of you. <laughs> so I spent seven years earning that PhD and immersing myself in the world of academia um, mm. before you know the calling to start Revoice even occurred to me. Um, and so you know that that's still a a, a large part of 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 who I am and uh, how I 
how I see my calling. And um, that's something that I feel like I there's joy in that that has been robbed for me because a number of things that uh, happened towards the end of my, my PhD studies. And um, so I'm getting there, I promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an annual conference, uh, speaking of conferences, there's an annual conference. It's an academic conference, so no one's ever heard of it who goes through I'm it. excited. I'm intrigued. So I, I've gone every year uh, as just part of, that's just what people do uh, if you're in higher education and you teach the Bible. And uh, I went this past uh, two weeks ago, and um, I, for a number of reasons, I feel because, and a lot of pe- uh, reasons because of um, just rejection for mm-hmm. my, my uh, calling to start Revoice, mm-hmm. uh, rejection from um, that I experienced from uh, just my, my educational world. Yeah. Um, there's a sense of joy in, in doing uh, the work of academia, of yes. thinking creatively and, and biblically about these things. Wow. I have just not really been able to feel. And certainly haven't felt it when I've gone to these conferences because I, I, I run, end up running into people that um, I f- have been harmed by. And wow. so, uh, this past time I went, I, for the first time, felt a sense of resolution about mm. I, don't, I don't need these individuals' approval. Come on. Yes. I these individuals' blessing. Um, my blessing and approval comes from my Savior. Amen. I know that's right. Celebrates the work that that he is doing through me, and so um, I had just I had numerous interactions with with people who reminded me in all kinds of ways of that one that that very truth. Mm. Disappointing conversations with people that I have found out were really just as um, probably as unhealthy as I thought they were. And then just encouraging conversations with people who, who recognize the gospel beauty of what's happening yes. and the gospel beauty that, that I am capable of creating in my academic work. Um, that was just a really amazing life-changing experience for me that, you know, I did not anticipate happening. I just was going to go because that's what I do. In November, these conference, conference happens. Um, but it was a really unexpected wow. I love that. Yes. Yes. Don't let (laughs) them rob you of your joy. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to steal some of that nerd joy from you because I can use some help. I'm coming in on starting my, my, um, master's dissertation. So I'll, I'd love some of that nerd joy if you can help me out. (laughs) Because it's gonna be it's gonna be gay, everybody. Get ready. But uh, what you, when you shared that going into this conference, it made me think of, and I, I had this in my back pocket, but Nate, now I have to use it. Um, so everyone, well, you may not all know this, but I love Janelle Monae. Like Janelle Monae is like my queen. Like love me some Janelle Monae. Uh, if you don't know who she is, she's an amazing, they are an amazing queer non-binary singer. They yeah. use she, they, I think. But anyways, um, they, a song that came out on their latest album, which is dirty. So don't listen to the album <laughs> altogether. I haven't listened to the whole album, but I love this, this lyric. Uh, she said, or excuse me, they said, I used to walk into the room head down. I don't walk now. I float. I used to walk into the room head down. I don't walk now. I float. float, And I see Nate 
floating into that conference. Okay. Right? Like, wow. he didn't have to put his head down. He could float. And I that's joy. That's yes. joy, my friend. I love that. Thank you. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Also, we need to, for this year's conference, have you know how some of these mega churches spend crazy money on production? Can we have Nate just being aerial floated into... <laughs> 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 yes. Oh my gosh! Opening singing, night, no. singing Janelle Monae, yes. singing, just singing float. Yes. Oh, oh I'm coming. I'm coming just for that opening night. Out of attention, that would be my worst nightmare. Oh gosh, uh, that might be uh, something well, we got Andrew Gordon to do. Andrew would love that. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely in drag. Yes, full regalia. Uh, more a rose outfit. Yes, yes. And this is where our critics are like, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. Well, if I had to answer the question, I would say uh, I, my source of joy right now is honesty. Hmm. Um, it's I, I've been really struggling in areas of my faith. Um, just kind of my, my question right now is like, is this it God? Like, is this it? Um, and you know, just, it's been hard to be honest about that because my fear and I, I, I'm such a verbal processor. I don't even know why I feared this. My fear was like, Oh no, if I'm honest and I'm going to lose my community, I'm going to lose my church. I'm going to lose my ministry. I'm going to lose my scholarship, you know, my, my studies, um, but I should have known that I would be publicly saying it on a podcast. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, really struggling, like, is this it God? And one of the things that I was afraid of was talking to my husband about it. Cause I was like, if I tell him that I'm struggling in my faith right now, what if he affirms all of that? And then, then what, what if we're both like, yeah, yeah. we don't know what this means right now to us Mm. um and that really scared me but uh we ended up having a really deep conversation where we kind of both shared our heart and things that we're struggling with but also ways that we can encourage one another and just tears were flowing on my end and he you know just lots of hand holding and hugs and it was just like a really beautiful time of joy and deep connection in a way that wasn't like doing something romantic. It was a way of being honest and vulnerable in front of each other. Mm. And then just watching God meet us even in our doubts. Yeah. So that that's watching my joy. God meets you even in the doubts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love that. It's like when God meets you in a place where healing hasn't even happened yet, there's joy in that. Right? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I got to write that down. <laughs> God meet me in a place where healing hasn't, hasn't even happened, happened yes. yet. That's yeah, good. Personally. That's a good mm-hmm. word too. Okay. Yes. <sighs> well, Nate, thank you so much for joining us on this episode oh, of Claiming Joy. Uh, Nate's first time on here. Hopefully, won't be the last. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, and may we, as we enter this Advent season, may we already claim and reclaim the joy that is the good news of the hope that was sent down to us. So. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And if anyone is looking for a new source of joy and hasn't been to the Revoice Conference, we strongly encourage you to join everyone except for me uh, in 2020, 2024. Nate, what is, what's the date of the conference? Where are we going to be at? 
uh, June 26th through 29th in Columbus, Ohio. And we have a podcast discount. Uh, if you register, nice. you can use the code, uh, I believe it's Revoice Pod is okay. the discount code. I don't know how much it gets you off. I can't remember, but it's a discount for, for Life on Stay Beat Podcast. I should know that, but I can't remember either. <laughs> Revoice Pod. Amazing. Well, yes, listeners, please, I urge you, if you like what you hear on Life on Side B, please join us at Revoice. Use that discount code, Revoice Pod, and come experience the joy of the Lord at Revoice. Yes. Because uh, he will be there mighty mighty presence of the yes. lord will be there strong tower yes amen okay all right uh, you guys until next time yes blessings everyone thanks yes. again nate you bet <laughs>